0: Hello, welcome to our podcast, Two Yoke Girls. We are excited to be back. We were on a small hiatus, a Disney, Disney Vacation Club (laughs) break.
1: Did you notice? (laughs) Uh,
0: I'm sure everybody was just desperate for this next podcast. I was. I know that. I know. I did. I missed it too. Um, This is the podcast where Lorraine and I, and sometimes our guests, get together and talk about all things. Yoking, yoga, life, um, all those things. And today we're talking about perfectionism. Mm. <laughs> dun, Which dun, feels, I know, exactly. Lofty and all encompassing, um, and especially relevant as we walk into the holiday season, holiday parties, um, and family and friends kind of just being really in your space and in your lives uh in the next couple of weeks so how did we get to talking about this oh we we're talking about the new Brene brown book
1: oh yeah Alice of the heart um but i think we've mentioned perfectionism prior to that we were talking about um yoga and perhaps poses and postures, sometimes it can show up there. It can show up in the need to exercise, even if you don't feel like exercising, almost like you should. I think it does come up in the shoulds. We talked about gratitude a little bit and how sometimes it can feel really crummy when you tell yourself you should be grateful, but something is in the way. Um, So I think it came up it from that angle, yeah. And I think we see it a lot when we're, you know, just working in the boutique fitness industry. I think it can be part of the marketing, um, or it can play on people's insecurity almost, which is where perfectionism can perfectionism can come up.
0: It felt almost like a a, a buzzword in our twenties. Like I remember, I remember, I <laughs> remember going for a job interview and being like. I'm a multitasker and a perfectionist. Like that was like something to brag about. And lo and behold, I think we see now um, that being a multitasker is not a functional um, and super great way of being focused. It's actually multitasking is almost impossible for the human brain. Right. And it wants to be focused on one thing at a time. Although motherhood parenthood I think tests that theory a little bit, but for the most part and then perfectionism um, is not right it's not your ability to be perfect or strive to be perfect, right w- what were we saying? It's the your worry that the outside view of you is that you're perfect.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and so that's where the disconnect can happen from yeah. the outside to the inside. What is really perfect and how are you perceiving it?
1: Right. I also think of it as a way to beat people to the punch. Like you can't judge me if I've already looked at all the angles and, you know, focused the filter so that I look just right. Like, nope, there's nothing to judge here. Keep moving because I've, I've got it just right. And the lighting's perfect. And my, what I'm saying is perfect, you know, so move along if you're going to judge. And in fact, it leaves people, feeling like they can't be themselves and they can't show the imperfections and there's no room for that real connection that comes from vulnerability. And I think you see it a lot in social media when there's something that you can't relate to. I feel like I've cut a lot of that stuff out of my feed if it brings up some staticky feeling where I feel not good enough. I mm. kind of stop looking there and move over to where to someone like Celeste Barber, do you know her? On no. Instagram, she's hilarious. She's a comedian who takes these perfect, like, supermodel images and then puts herself in there. I feel much more like her and it feels so nice to watch it because it really takes what we have been fed Mm. as, you know, some ideal and it turns it on its head completely. And then the goofy dancing or the ridiculousness of the way she tries to do what some influencer has done makes it so much more relatable and worth putting my eyeballs on.
0: Yes. Yeah. She's, she's really funny, but it's interesting that, that, that concept of like, I guess it would, it links back to the concept of jealousy, right? Is it jealousy that, that you're feeling when you see something like that? Um, And I would, I would, I don't know, like, I guess it's a deeper conversation, but for me, I think jealousy can be a nice motivator, or mm-hmm. not motivator, but like mirror to mm-hmm. be able to tell you like, oh, is this something I want? And then if it's something that you do decide, oh, this is, you know, whatever, but the the times I get most jealous on Instagram is when other yoga studios are doing really great (laughs) so I think about like why do I want that or what is it that I want about that and then can I do something about it to to get there to strive to be the same thing or is it that thing where it's just non-productive for me like I'm not in the space and time to do that to go in that direction so if it's rubbing me the wrong way you know unfollow it right
1: Yes, I love that because that's also how I look at something that can elicit that feeling of envy or jealousy. And Usually it's somebody lining up or getting or achieving something that I ultimately want. So yes, I use it the same way as you do. Instead of it making me feel bad, it's almost like, oh, there's the rocket fuel. There's the image or the ideal of the thing that I'm craving or striving toward. Um, And I think that's when you can take an emotion that can feel really sticky and try and use almost the cleaner burning fuel of it to motivate instead of to linger in something that brings you down, it has a way of creating space for you to rise up.
0: Yeah. But if you're a perfectionist and you're looking at something like that and you're, I think perfectionism is the enemy of progress because yes, it's so hard, so hard to, well, first of all, it's just a crazy generation that these people are, these kids are coming up and now their, their failures are very public, right. Mm. But it's just so hard to fail forward in the first place, but then to have it be on social media, um, every little tiny failure, you know? And so if you're a perfectionist or you're leaning into like identifying yourself as a perfectionist, how do you grow? Because growth is sticky and messy. And messy. Yeah. And hard. And so- I think if you identify yourself as a perfectionist, they they would interpret themselves as saying, like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm going to be the best at whatever I'm doing. But you can't possibly be the best at what you're doing if you're not growing.
1: Right. Yes. I think the reason we talk about it is it's so pervasive, but also so limiting. It's keeping us from actually doing the things that are messy and vulnerable and where there's real connection and real ability to move beyond what holds us back. I think that it's a, it's the perfect way to be held back is to try and be perfect Hmm. because it's impossible and unattainable. And so it's something, the reason we talk about it is because it will leave you spinning your wheels in a way that is just feels and can seem really unnecessary. It's trying to keep us from pain that pain of judgment Mm. right or even keep us from some like it forces us to compare yeah and then there's failure maybe we're trying to stay away from any shame that can come from the weird side of feeling like we're not good enough and I think there's a lot of media that's responsible for us feeling continually like we're not good enough and Mm. we can buy something to fill the void right and I think that's where all the not good enough stuff comes in and the perfectionism comes in.
0: Yeah, and I think what's interesting is on your yoga mat, all these things kind of show up if if you take a moment to look at it, right? So we t- you talked about in the beginning how, your practice, how you can see it um, on on the yoga mat. So everything that happens kind of on the mat is really the microcosm of kind of what happens in your real life. So it's interesting to think about your habits penetrate through your whole entire existence so how you are with your husband how you are with your children how you are on the yoga mat all those things want to reinforce themselves which we talk about in the gratitude adjustment like the reinforcement of habits are they good or are they are they bad habits um and so it's just an interesting thing to start to think about but i think for us i want i'm curious as to know what do you do when you're Perfectionism starts to creep up because we both have it in different Mm. parts of our lives. We were talking about, I see it as a control thing. Um, But what do you do when it starts to creep into your life so that it's a little bit less?
1: That's a a great question. Yes. So I think the first step is identifying it like, oh, there it is again. There's that need for things to look or be a certain way. And then I think the next thing that comes up beyond labeling it and seeing it is trying to create an internal space where things can get easier. Because, like I said, perfectionism can make things feel more challenging if I'm striving toward an impossible goal. And so that's where the secret weapon of self-compassion comes in. So finding a space where it's kinder inside and there's no such thing as perfect, and so when it's imperfect, it's, there's room for it to actually be even more exciting or original um, or beautiful, and so that's really the practice that helps, is taking that time to be like, oh, there it is, it's okay something you were raised with or something that you saw around you or something that even saved you. It was a coping mechanism at one point, but you don't have to hold on to that heaviness of trying to be a certain way, just be you. And, and I think that's what self-compassion lets us do is like it's not only okay to be you, it's the best possible thing to do in any challenging situation.
0: Yeah, I think something that you do really well in life um, that I don't even know if you know you do it, but you trust you trust people and processes more than I think the average person does. Mm. Um, I, I, I see it especially with teacher training, and you even mentioned it kind of the last time we had a graduation with, by saying like that we have this team that has developed and come together and essentially you don't micromanage the process. Mm. Um, And so, and it's funny to watch the trainees go through it. Even our teacher trainers almost want to be micromanaged. They want that piece of perfectionism in it. Um, But something happens when you don't micromanage it and it folds out in a way that's even better than you could have created in your perfect mind. Um, And so I think trusting yourself and trusting the process, and you see this with people who have really great faith. It's typically older people and Mm. you look at them and they're like, oh, honey, it'll work out how it's Mm -hmm. supposed to work out. You're like, how how can you even say that? But they know it, right? Because they've lived long enough or whatever, because they have this faith in something bigger than themselves. And so I think part of the practice... Uh, when you feel like the perfectionism might be coming in, is just having trust in the process, right? Mm. Which is the process of life that it's bumpy and that it's sticky, and but that the people around you are going to catch you, your mm. family and your friends, and yourself. Like you're going to catch yourself and stand right back up. So I, I think you 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 get to have that as like this natural thing. I don't even know you have.
1: You mm. know if you
0: know you have it, right? But it's a trust.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. And I would not have put it in those words, but I do think in moments where I'm talking to the teacher trainees or processing teacher training, it's very conscious and I have to stop myself from trying to micromanage whatever the experience is. And I think it has come from meditation. It also reminds me a lot of my mom. She was always really good at having that faith Like she didn't even know what I was doing, but believed that it was going to be great. You know, she didn't really know the ins and outs of teacher training. And she was always like, oh, it's, you know, I was nervous about it and took it really seriously. And she's like, you're going to be great, you know, and it's just (laughs) because she knows that I care so much. And I think that idea of trusting and having faith in the process has come from the work that we get to do with meditation and i credit you to bringing in equanimity to a lot of it so this idea of watching something unfold and not knowing where the end point is or if there's even an end point but while we're going through it it's like oh it's not good it's not bad it's huh, unfolding i mm. think is the word i would use
0: mm. yeah i love that and I, it, it it can help a lot when you when your go to is control to try mm. to deal with perfection issues, your go-to is to try to control the situation. And I think we know now, um, after enough yoga teachers have told us that you can't, (laughs) you can't control, you can't control the situation. So if you can just try to let a little bit of that control go and trust that the process will happen, the perfectionism will naturally start to fall away or your need to be a perfectionist. Um, and then even more beautiful things will pop up. I think
1: think about it in movies that I love too. I feel like they show people falling in love when they're seen at their most imperfect, you know, like when there's mustard on their face or when they trip or when they do the things that are, they may have been trying to control the first date and it goes completely sideways. And that's when you fall in love with the person because there's no beauty imperfect. It's like mass manufactured plastic, whereas I'd much rather get the handmade bumpy, you know, different formation of things that I couldn't have even predicted would come my way. Yeah. But
0: we're okay with a little Botox.
1: (laughs) Well, I think there are certain things where it feels like, oh my gosh, that looks just right and beautiful. You know, I think about designing my bathroom. I turned into a bit of a perfectionist. And then, you know, something surprises me. So we do our best to plan and we leave room for surprises. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you were talking about with the idea of trusting that something will come along and surprise you. You know, if you try and micromanage your holiday party, allow room for that funny Yankee swap gift or the person to yes. show up, you know, and says Drunk. something off the yeah. wall. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yes, I think it's so nice to talk about perfectionism and get to a place where things feel beautifully imperfect and exciting. So thanks for that, Jill.
0: I think our quick holiday message is don't should all over yourself. Should. S-H-O-U-L-D. Don't should all over yourself because in the holidays, there's so much shoulding that can lead to this perfectionist mentality. And all you have to do is just, if you... If the word should is in it, then just let it go and turn around and enjoy the moment.
1: Yes. So with that, have a wonderful everything. You'll see us in a little while talking more about this stuff, whether it's self-compassion or finding the joy in quiet moments. But for now, I'll play us out. This is Be a Bee, which is sort of a fitting title for today's podcast. It's by Mike Borgonzano. And he'll be doing some pop-up classes for us. So You'll see him on our schedule. For those of you not nearby, you can enjoy his music. He's Mikey Bikes on Spotify. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye.